On episode 69 of the new 8 Days of Geek podcast, E3 game releases, The Doctor and Donna together again, and The Internet Suck Providers. Stay tuned. to another episode of the new eight days a geek podcast i'm your host jesse miller and joining me as always the man who escapes the space balls by going to plaid on his failing computer monitor sean scott all right so <laughs> I, I need to begin by saying that i it, it occurred to me during the intro that i should have like giggled inappropriately when you said how, the episode number <laughs> Uh, and, uh, and, and secondly, I was, I, I just, cause I never know what you write the intro, you know, at what you, what you're going to mention in the intro. Uh, however, I felt like that was the only thing you could possibly write about seeing mm-hmm. is that we spent less time <laughs> prior to the show <laughs> online today than I think we ever have before in the history of the, of the show. We had our shit together, kind of, maybe, well, sort of <laughs> all in a backpack we're walking as we speak to the ship museum. So. All right. Uh, let's see here. We got blurbs. Sean, you got the first one. Uh, yes. Uh, in the wake of all of the television shows that were recently canceled, you know, uh, as we talked in the, in the last the last show, uh, you know, in, in addition to Brooklyn Nine-Nine being saved, uh, it appears one one other show has gotten a reprieve as well. And that would be uh, The Expanse based on the uh, James Corey novels uh, by and uh, on the sci fi network for the past three seasons. It was canceled in, in you know, in the in the midst of of all of the cancellations recently. And uh, Amazon has decided to step in and pick it up for a season four. Uh, Jeff Bezos announced himself at the National Space Society's International Space Development Conference in Los Angeles, where he was an honoree that they would be saving the show. Uh, so, anybody who's a fan of The Expanse or you know uh, you know the novels or the the, the TV show now gets uh, you know another chance on Amazon. So, just a little update there. Awesome. I uh, I still got to catch up on that show. I guess now that Amazon's picked it up, I really need to catch up so I stream it and they see that people want it still. Because I watched the first season. That's all we got through as well. Yeah, I just couldn't it was keep really, up with it. I mean, it was, it was a good show. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Uh, I just did not, uh, I was not able to keep up with it yeah. along with several other shows. You know, this is just one that fell by the wayside. And I just assumed yeah. that if I ever were to pick it up again, which I would love to, uh, that it would be in some kind of streaming form like that anyway. So, you know, the fact that it's now on Amazon, uh, you know, that uh, that works for me. Cool. All right. Uh, Let's see here. Mine is next. Uh, Did you know that Internet service providers suck? You knew that, right? Uh, Sure. Yeah. So uh, did you know that they suck more 
uh, this year than they did last year? No, I was not aware. <laughs> uh, okay, so, well, I guess last year as opposed to the previous year. Uh, they're just generally sucking more and more every single day. So um, this comes from Gizmodo, and this is uh, from the American C- uh, Customer Satisfaction Index report on telecommunications. Uh, it found that f- uh, most of the ISPs hit an all-time low on customer satisfaction uh, this year. <clears throat> Not a single ISP saw an improvement, and the industry as a whole dropped 3.1%. Uh, poor service, high prices, and lack of choice were the like the top uh, complaints. I agree with most of those. Pretty much all of them, really, I guess. Uh, so the big four, uh, you got Verizon, AT&T, Charter, and Comcast. Uh, <laughs> Comcast is the only one that uh, didn't actually like drop. Um, it basically, it's... I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say that it uh it, it fared well because they're the only one that just stayed the same. However, they were already the least liked among major providers. And they only got uh 60 out of 100 possible points for the second year in a row, by the way. And that's the and and they were the least liked. And then that's yeah. with 60 out of 100. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm surprised. I always thought Charter was the least liked, honestly. Yeah. Well, um, no, I don't know. I get, but then again, I, I hear a lot of stories about we Comcast. Have, you know what I mean? Like, I, I bet everybody thinks that their internet service provider should be the least liked, you know? Yeah, I guess so. Um, Verizon um, is the only ISP with an approval rating of 70 or above. Although it's at exactly seventy. <laughs> oh well. And AT and T is at sixty eight. So yeah. <clears throat> uh, let's see here. Mm, taking the biggest fall, it says here was Charter. <laughs> see. Uh, see, uh, and it's Spectrum service. It encompasses its own network as well as the infrastructure. From the company formerly known as Time Warner Cable, I wonder if they just have a symbol for that, like uh, like Prince, uh, or if they actually say that whole thing every time. Uh, so they bought Time Warner Cable's internet holdings for fifty five billion. It says um, the company dropped eight percent in customer satisfaction in two thousand and eighteen, and now sits with a score of sixty out of one hundred. So they are tied for bottom place. <laughs> Well, there you go. See, yeah. I guess I was right all along. Yeah, yeah, you were probably right. So, yeah, ISPs suck, just in general. Uh, next on the blurbs here, the Senate has voted. Uh, it actually happened, I think, about a week and a half ago. But uh, they they voted to um, reverse the FCC's decision to repeal the net neutrality laws put in place by the Obama administration. Uh, it's... Their their vote gets us half, well, a third of the way there, maybe. Um, because what ends up happening is now that the Senate has passed it, and I forgot, it was a 52 to 47 vote. So it actually got way more votes than we expected to. Uh, we were hoping for 51. So we got an extra vote in there, which was awesome. Um, for us, 
one vote is way more than we expected. Dude, it, it was close. We didn't think we didn't think we'd get it at all. So I was super surprised and super stoked that it it went ahead and passed. Uh, let's see here. Our senators are from Missouri. Are Claire McCaskill and Roy Blunt? I believe. Pretty sure. Oh jeez, I don't even know. Let's see. Uh, Claire McCaskill, Democrat. Roy Blunt, Republican. Uh, Claire McCaskill, I believe. Uh, I tweeted right after I heard the decision. Pretty sure she was in favor of it. Yay, Claire. Uh, Roy, you're a tool, and you voted against it. So I'll vote against you next year. Can't wait. I guess it's next year. I don't know when senators actually get voted for, to be honest. I'm horrible. I'm a horrible democracy kind of person when it comes to actual voting times. I can never remember you know, it's just like the day before they say, here's your voting location. I'm like, oh, God, no. Now I got to figure out a way to get there. <laughs> eh, senators are up every six years. That's it. Representatives are four. up every two. Two? Are they two? two. And the pre- president's four. I know that. Yeah. I got that one down. <laughs> I guess that's the that's one of the more important ones. <laughs> right. So. All right. Uh, but yeah, so it's it's uh, the Senate passed it. The House is next. Uh, that's going to be a very big uphill battle because the House, I believe, is completely Republican-controlled at this point. Uh, so we'll see. And then it's got to go to uh, President Rump's desk, and he's got to sign it. So, yeah, we're a third of the way there. It's a good third, but it's not the hardest part of the battle. Well, we'll see. All right. Uh, let's see. Now... Gaming. Uh, Far Cry 5, the game that has pretty much dominated Don't GameSpot. Don't you dare play that video. You're going to do it, aren't you? <laughs> aren't you? It says loading video. Let's see if it plays audio. Probably will, because, you know, that's a dick move. No audio. Well, that's good. Thank you. Anyway, uh, so Far Cry 5 has pretty much dominated my life since it released. Uh, I think I have like 32 hours in the game right now. Uh, I've played through the story one time, and I started over and had to play again. Uh, so I got the season pass and now um, we've got, it's supposed to have three expansion packs. There's one that takes place in Vietnam, one that will be a Mars space adventure, uh, and one that will be zombies. And the Vietnam one has turned out to be the first one. Uh, it's going to be releasing... Uh, what was it? it was June sixth, I believe. I had it highlighted in this article, and then I closed my window. Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't say. It says two weeks, but you know, who knows? Who knows what actual day that is? So I'll have to look that up. But it's the uh, it's the Vietnam uh, expansion pack. So it's it's like a whole nother. Um, uh, standalone story, which is one of my favorite kinds of DLC because it really does give you a whole new game to play. Basically, you know, um, what uh, do you like? Do you like DLC that's uh, like an add-on for the current game or that remaps the entire game from the beginning? Uh, I mean, I guess I kind of like it the way Fallout does it when it's just, you know, a little bit, you know, of both, at least in some of the, uh, you know, the games they've produced. So, um, 
you know, I like it when it allows me to continue on with the storyline. Uh, I think New Vegas was, I mean, obviously Fallout 3 was like that because, you know, originally the storyline ended and, oh, yeah. uh, and, and then they had to produce the DLC in order to, you know, make it, keep it going. You know, to keep it going uh, to allow you to continue the game at all. So, uh, you know, and I think New Vegas kind of elaborated on the main storyline more in the DLC, which I kind of thought was cool. So, uh, but I also like the, you know, the individual standalone stuff too, you know, with, with Fallout, uh, you know, and I, I guess I don't know, like, do you consider it like with Fallout, say like the <clears throat> missions that take you aboard the alien spaceship, you know, like, it, do you consider that something completely separate or do you consider that, you know, just an expansion on the original because you're still playing the same, you know character with the same equipment and all that kind of stuff i'd say that was an expansion because you're still playing the same character same equipment and everything carries over at the end of it gotcha well then yeah then i prefer that kind of thing then gotcha okay <clears throat> these this one will not be like that it adds well, screw that then. <laughs> i'm done it'll add all of its stuff to the game to where you know the certain things will be uh, available in both stories but this story specifically has you playing wendell red redler which is a character that those who play Far Cry 5 may or may not have encountered. It's a side mission, and Red uh, sends you on a quest to find the lighters that all of his uh, former fallen Vietnam buddies would carry with them. Um, this uh, DLC is called Hours of Darkness, and like I said, you play Red, and he's on a mission to save his imprisoned squad mates in vietnam uh it releases june 5th i was one day off uh, pc playstation 4 and xbox one it will cost 12 dollars united states dollars uh if you don't have the season pass if you got the season pass nah you'll get it so, so that kind of reminds me of i believe the dlc was in fallout 3 and one of them was uh you know you were in some kind of simulator chair and you went back oh, and fought yeah. in the Chinese American army. You know, you fought in the Great War or whatever it was that brought about the apocalypse. And you I fought in, like, that, yeah. you know, the Great Alaskan Battle or whatnot. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Where the Chinese people just dropped from the sky. Yeah, they were like in the little they town. Were, like, had like the crazy stealth boy. Like everybody had stealth boys, and like it was just it was it was. I mean, it was it was interesting, but it was also probably like. I mean, you obviously didn't even remember it until I just mentioned it. You know, it's kind of like one of the yeah. least memorable and, you know, probably one of my least favorites of all the different DLCs. So. Awesome. All right. Uh, let's see here. Next on our list here. Uh, E3. Uh, we all we all love E3, don't we? I mean, come on. Oh, yeah, now. it's a hoot. <laughs> it's an absolute hoot. <laughs> Um, so it's, uh, it happens June 12th through the 14th. So we got like, as of recording this, we have 15 days. Uh, this show will probably come out in what is in the United States is Memorial Day. So it'll be mo a Monday. We're recording on Memorial Day weekend, by the way. Um, uh, hats off and salutes to all of our men and women in uniform who lay everything down on the line for us. You know, I mean, Awesome. Um, most of us don't have the guts to do that. Most of us just quick scope people in call out or call of duty and then call their mother's bad names. Right. So <laughs> props to you. Um, however, as of recording, this is 15 days. So when it goes up, it'll be like 14 days. Uh, however, uh, let's see. GameSpot has a list of every game that is confirmed 
for E3 2018. I figured we'd just roll through some of the big ones. Um, I don't know. There's probably 20, 30 games on here. So um, I'll just I'll just go through them real fast. Like, end of the credits, uh, talking guy fast. Probably not. Like I can't Micro talk. Machines ad guy fast? I can't, I can't talk that fast. But, <laughs> you know. <clears throat> if you hear something you want to talk about, stop me. Um, three Minutes to Midnight, The Abyss, Anthem, Arcade 1-Up, Arcade Islands Volume 1, Atari's Legacy, Atari Flashback Classics for Nintendo Switch, that might be cool, Atari Flashback Classics Volume 3, not sure what the difference is there, Battle Teams 2, Battlefield 5, woot woot, Beyond Good and Evil 2, Call of Duty Black Ops 4, yawn, Champions <laughs> 11, Death Stranding, yes well, please. I just want to know what, what is I Death Stranding. Know. What is it? <laughs> I don't know. It's got Norman Reedus. That's and he's holding a baby. It's covered in tar. I He's got like the what was it? Uh the Swartz child the uh formula for the Swartz child um uh radius on his dog tags and like oh, I can't I it's going to be interesting whatever the hell it is. I don't even care. <laughs> uh let's see Defiance 2050. Destiny 2, they say New Fall Update or DLC. Um, is Defiance 2050 like an ad, like a, like a sequel to the, you know, like the previous Defiance video games that were a TV show and everything? I don't know. Looks like uh, MMO Shooter, uh, Alien Crab Creatures. Sci- yeah, sci-fi kind of, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Defiance was, I know it was a TV show. I watched the TV show on Sci-Fi Network. It actually takes place in the future, you know, after like an alien apocalypse type deal happens. And uh, it takes place in St. Louis. Um, St. Louis is renamed Defiance. And, really? And, uh, yeah. Uh, and it was a TV that. show on the Sci-Fi Network for a couple seasons. And uh, it, it had like, it was, it was a really weird marketing deal because it was basically like a TV show and a video game uh, you know, like at the same time, you know, it wasn't like, uh, it wasn't like one was a big success and it led to the other or anything. It was like a, uh, you know, a planned endeavor to launch this TV show and this video game that we're going to like, kind of like work in conjunction with one another. And, you know, it lasted a couple seasons on the sci-fi network and I don't play a whole lot of video games, so I'm not really sure how well the, the video game side of it did, but if this is a sequel, then, you know, uh, clearly it did good enough to spawn you know further games whereas the show only lasted like i may maybe three years yeah it's saying it's the next chapter in the defiance universe yeah Uh, so it must be players will continue the fight through the vast world of defiance reimagined for the current generation of hardware yeah cool i yeah it sounds awesome uh free to play um i mean you obviously gotta buy the game but it's you don't have to pay a subscription to play it um massive multiplayer online shooter hey why not uh let's see the division two for honor i'm not there was a for honor already so i'm not sure what that one's doing there um ghost of tsushima tsushima i i don't know it's a japanese name i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) heavy fire red shadow i got that one Home sweet home. Kingdom Hearts. God, that's a lot of dashes. Four. <laughs> Why not just put the number four for God's sake? Who cares about Roman numerals? Pretentious people in their Roman I numerals. Know, those huh? dicks. 
Uh, Last of Us Part 2. That might be cool. I've been told Last of Us is a game I need to play. I haven't had a chance yet. Um, So I need to probably hop into that before the second one comes out. Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. Your title's too long. Night Driver. (laughs) (laughs) Pool Elite. (laughs) Okay, that's either the game pool or just a bunch of people swimming in a circle. Mm. Rage. That would be awesome. Yeah. With like, like floaties. Synchronized swimming. Yeah. Uh, Rage 2. Um, that one might be interesting. Re-evolve. Too many E's. Uh, <laughs> Remedy's new game. Untitled. <laughs> mm, yeah. Oh, God. Please, Remedy. Just call it Remedy's new game. Yeah, that's not, you're not selling me there. <laughs> I would buy it if it was just called Remedy's new game. I would totally do that, just for the hell of it. Why not? Roller Coaster Tycoon for the Nintendo Switch. This is a working title, by the way. <laughs> uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon Joyride. Roller Coaster Tycoon Touch. God. Sayers Light. I probably didn't say that right. Spider Man Splatoon Two. Splatoon. Yeah, it's a uh, shooter on the uh, Switch. Nintendo Switch. Uh, Super Smash Brothers Switch. Bet you can guess what console that's for. Right. Uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Really? Uh, The Sinking City. Skull and Bones. Starline. Battle for Atlas. Strange Brigade. Tempest 4000. Transference. Transit City. Touch. V-Rally 4. Warhammer Martyr. And War Clash. Jesus. That's a lot of games. Most of them probably won't be very good, though. That's just so... Law of averages. (laughs) All right. Uh, let's see. Next story we got here. This <laughs> this was very interesting because as soon as this app came out, it's uh, Steam Link is something that uh, originally when you heard Steam Link, it was a little box that Steam that Valve would sell that allowed you to stream games from your gaming PC to any TV in your house and play them straight from there. So you just have one big powerful gaming PC. And then wire this little $30 box anywhere in your house and play your games. It was it was actually really good. Um, controller lag sometimes could be an issue. Uh, it was just barely perceptible. But sometimes it would annoy you enough to make you stop playing. Uh, however, Steam had released, Valve had released a Steam Link app for the iPhone. Uh, it allowed you to play your PC games on an iOS device. Uh, that was going to be amazing. However, Apple rejected it. Um, they wah, wah. Yeah, go figure. Because uh, you can imagine, if you could play all your Steam games on an iOS device, you're probably not buying many apps from Apple. Um, that That's not what they said. That's pure conjecture. But no. That's probably <laughs> that probably had something to do with it. Uh, so everyone was really bummed out uh, that you know this wasn't going to be happening because it's coming out on Android. Uh, so after much belly aching, Apple senior VP Phil Schiller has been emailing Steam users with word that it will con- quote continue to work with end quote Valve on developing a Steam Link version that follows the App Store's rules. Basically, means they're probably just going to bend the rules because. I'm pretty sure it was a bullshit reason that they denied it anyway. Um, so, I mean, it's 
there's no timeline whatsoever. I'm sure that Valve will be trying to make this happen as fast as possible, but they are at Apple's mercy. So, by know. follow the rules or meet the rules or whatever, they basically mean, you know, once we find a way to profit off of your success, <laughs> and then we'll allow your app into the App Store. Yeah, so um, this comes from Engadget, and it says uh, uh, the iOS app reportedly broke Apple Store guidelines surrounding, quote, user-generated content, in-app purchases, and content codes, um, and similar factors. So um, it's saying that uh, basically the very nature of Steam was the problem. Um I don't know. Right, because ultimately it costs them money. So yeah. basically yeah. it's, you know, we've <clears throat> got to figure out a way to, you know, uh, uh, we, need to, we need a kickback here. Or, you know, we need, you know, you need to slide some cash our way in some way, shape, or form. Or yeah. you're never going to meet the rules. Exactly. You know? This is a nice app you got here. It'd be a right, real shame if shame anything if happened, happened to it. To it. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, um, basically the door's not closed, but no timeline as of right now. Hopefully they understand that, you know, that's actually something worth having. So maybe lighten up a little, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, Apple lighten up. (laughs) I have to tell you something, Trevor. It's time for TV news. Sean's house. Whose house? As the, music, as the intro music house. grew louder, so did your dog's barking. I know, right? <laughs> There's squirrels outside, and my squirrels. God. Squirrels. Yeah. She's, she's a rat terrier. She's basically bred from the womb to, to chase little them. fast brown things, and she loses her mind. <laughs> I wish I was that easily entertained. It'd be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway. Okay, so yes, uh, not too long ago, we talked about Matt Groening from The Simpsons and Futurama and how he had signed a deal with Netflix and was producing an adult animated cartoon for uh, the streaming service. And recently, Netflix announced when that show would be premiering. And along with the premiere date, they also provided us with a first look at the characters and the artwork. Uh, no trailer or anything that I that I noticed or that I saw in any of the articles, but just some artwork and uh, and. A premiere date so <clears throat> if you uh you know check the link in the show notes you'll you'll see the uh, uh the artwork that they've released and as you can imagine i mean this basic this thing basically looks like a, a fantasy version of futurama essentially <laughs> uh you know or the simpsons except with normal skin tones instead of everyone yellow you know yeah uh the series is set to debut all 10 episodes on august 17th and uh, uh, other than that, you know, that's not that that's about all the information that we really have. Like I said, I wish there was a trailer to watch, uh, but, uh, you know, I will absolutely be watching this the, the weekend it comes out. So um, the artwork looks. I mean, it does. It looks it looks exactly like Futurama. So, yeah. And that's why I think I'll watch it, because like we've we've talked about before, I'm not a Simpsons fan. Right. And I don't, um, I, I have not, nor will I probably ever really get into them. But I am a huge Futurama fan, right? So I, I would probably be totally into watching this. This looks pretty good. So, 
Yeah, the series follows the misadventures of Bean uh, and and the gang, which are voiced by a notable cast of comedic Bean. actors. Broad Cities, yeah, uh, Broad Cities. Abby Jacobson uh, voices Bean, while Nat Faxon and Eric Andre voice Elfo and Lucci. Uh, Ella Bean is a hard drinking princess, and her feisty elf <laughs> companion is Elfo, uh, as well as her person demon, her personal demon uh, Lucci. So uh, those are the main cast of characters. You know, we've got a, a drum princess a, a, an elf companion and a, and a personal demon so it sounds obviously right up my alley so uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this hell yeah cool uh, let's see. The next thing we've got is some sad television news. Uh, although, in my opinion, not necessarily unexpected, seeing as that they've tried this before and it failed. And when they tried it this time, we t- talked about it, and I talked about how it failed the time before that, and how it wouldn't be surprising if it failed this time, which it has. And and that is the fact that uh, the supernatural spinoff Wayward Sisters has already been canceled before ever airing on the CW. Um, They tried it this season as a backdoor pilot. It aired back in January uh, and supposedly was was pretty well received. And now my ads are playing in the background. Uh, It was supposedly pretty well received by everybody. I watched it, thought it was cool. Uh, You know, I I probably would have watched the spinoff. I can't guarantee it, but, uh, you know, I've watched Supernatural for 14 years, so I don't know why I wouldn't have, have, have picked it up. But uh, apparently the CW said that it, uh, they did not feel creatively that the show is where they wanted it to be and that they had a better shot with their show Legacies, uh, which is a spinoff of some other crap on the CW. But... So uh, they tried this before, like I said, uh, you know, several years ago. They tried another backdoor pilot where that took place in uh, in Chicago and was going to be centered around like the 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 monster families that ran the 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 underworld in, in Chicago, and and it didn't take off either. So I, I'm not surprised that this one didn't happen either. So yeah. I don't know. It doesn't really sound something sound like something I'd be interested in. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, it's centered around like a bunch of the female characters from the show. Which, to be fair, like over the years, Supernatural has done a pretty crappy job with the female characters on that show. A lot yeah. of them meet very grisly ends, you know. Like they don't get developed very much, and you know, uh, uh, it's just uh, they they've been fairly brutal to the female characters, and 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 they 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 gathered a, a a little group of some really cool characters from the show, and and you know, I like the episodes that. The characters are in when they're on Supernatural, and I thought the the episode they did that would have been you know the the backdoor pilot was was pretty good, but you know obviously they didn't think it was like they said where it needed to be. So okay, uh, let's see here. The next story we've got is taking us back to our childhood. So, were you a Thundercats fan when you were a kid? Uh, yes. So was I. So was I. Uh, And recently it was announced uh, that Warner Brothers Animation is going to be reviving the 1985 animated series Thundercats. Uh, They'll be calling it Thundercats Roar. Now, have you clicked on the link in the show notes already? I have. 
So what do you think of this? The big deal here, everybody, <laughs> is uh, that this is not going to be the Thundercats that we all know from 1985. What they've done is they've essentially, you know, uh, cutesied up the animation. And based on the little trailer that is in the article, um, my take on it is that they've kind of turned Thundercats into a uh, – more like uh, what was the Batman? What was the Batman uh, cartoon that was uh, kind of you know goofy and funny? Um, the Brave and the Bold, uh, uh, okay, like that cartoon, mm-hmm. or even like the Ultimate Spider-Man, or what's the uh, the DC show that's on like every moment of every day on TV with the uh, you know the Cyborg and Robin, Teen and Titans Go, Teen Titans Go. There you go. That's probably the best example. Yeah, is probably. Teen Titans Go, uh, and it looks so. It looks like they've turned Thundercats into somewhat like a Teen Titans Go or a Batman the Brave and the Bold, where you know it's it's cutesy up animation and it's focused more on the comedy and silliness as opposed to the you know hardcore action and adventure. I may watch it. However, uh, thinking back to my childhood, um, they have taken Chitara's curves away, and she used to be <laughs> hella's smoky man. <laughs> I used to have a thing for Chitara. I'm not. I'm not even gonna lie. That was, she was my girl. Yep. They, they, have, they have. They have buoyed her up in this one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, way to way to take it to a weird place. I'm just saying. You so, cannot you cannot honestly tell me she wasn't smoky back in the day. She was. Yeah, she was. See? Uh yeah, it looks it looks funny. I mean, I don't uh I'll give it a I shot. don't know. I I really I like I don't go and spe- I I don't go out of my way to specifically watch Teen Titans go or anything like when the nephews are over here. Uh you know, I'll have you know, they'll want to turn it on usually. Um uh, but uh I don't really go out of my way. Now every once in a while, like if I catch it on Netflix and stuff like that, like I will watch, you know, like, it's I like pretty the funny. Ultimate, especially like the ultimate Spider Man cartoon. Uh, I like the ultimate Spider Man. That's pretty that's know, pretty good. That one's pretty funny. Uh, you know, so I will I have been known to watch, you know, the goofy animated cartoons like that. So it depends on how good it is. But, you know, I'm usually more looking for, you know, the Marvel or the DC, you know, something like that. So it would it would really have to be uh, good for for Thundercats because, you know, I'm going into it with that mindset of, you know, you ruined my childhood. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, they would really have to pull off a winner here for to 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 get me to to pick it up probably, but yeah. you know who knows. Hmm. Yeah, I just like you with Teen Titans Go. I I do like it. It's a really good downtime. You know, I mean, they're short episodes. I enjoy watching it. I I think it's hilarious. Um, I enjoy watching it. My daughter watches it with me all the time. Um, mm-hmm. So. She might she might be interested in something like this. She doesn't know anything about the Thundercats, so this would be an entirely new thing for her, and she might enjoy it. I'll still be thinking about Chitara and her curves, though. Damn. Again, taking it to a weird place. Like, you were just talking about Purr, watching this baby. show with Purr. your daughter and everything, <laughs> and then you're just like, yeah, and Chitara's sexy. Chitara. <sighs> <laughs> okay. So moving right along, yep. uh, recently, you know, we discussed YouTube Red a lot because you watched the Karate Kid 
Yes. Um, you know, the Karate Kid show that they did. And, you know, as I've said several times, you know, I can't I can't justify, you know, a, a, a paid service like that for, you know, for one show and, and, and same with CBS All Access and Star Trek and things like that. Well, uh, it appears that YouTube is, you know, they're 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 at least making a play for my business in the fact that they've announced uh, another another show that will be joining their their YouTube red lineup. And uh, let's see, they said when it would debut here. When was the day? May 30th. May 30th. All right. So, yeah, all eight episodes drop on May 30th. Nice. And this will be a uh, sci-fi comedy uh, animated series. And so, I mean, come on. I mean, you, you practically got me sold right then and there, you know. Uh, it's and the, and the two people doing the main characters will be Kat Dennings and John Cena. So this sounds even more amusing <laughs> to me. Uh, and then, so, uh, like, where do they, ex- I, I mean, I know what it's, I want to see how they exactly describe it. I watch the trailer and everything, so I know what it is, but I want to, I want to use their words. But, uh, uh, she, let's see. Kat Dennings' character herself, she describes herself as a boozy ex-stock car racer, and him as an overly sensitive AI. So basically, she is a science fiction truck driver, and uh, he, John Cena, plays a, uh, a an overly sensitive, uh, very large robot. <laughs> Here we go. Ready? The show. The show's called Dallas and Robo. Go ahead. Uh, follows a space it? trucker named Dallas and a cowboy hat-wearing robot named Robo as they journey through the universe looking for work. The two are interplanetary big rig drivers navigating the dangers of cannibal bikers, rival space truckers, and vending machine burritos, all looking to make a little cash. Nice. See, this go. sounds funny to me. It does. I watched the trailer, yeah. and it looked pretty amusing. Um, uh, it's the company behind BoJack Horseman. Oh, which is that's a, supposed a great, to be really good. A great show on Netflix. I've watched every season of it. Okay. Um, I find Kat Dennings to be funny and cute, and John Cena I've always been a fan of. I used to be a big into wrestling, and uh, I love John Cena, whether he was the good guy or the bad guy. Always yeah. been a fan. So, it says here, Dallas's truck is apparently registered under the name Harry Undersack. Harry Undersack. Yeah, that's in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty hilarious, isn't it? Yeah, I, I'm going to so, have to watch this. This is good. Right. I'm, and that's what I'm saying. And that's why I titled the you know the story in the show notes the way I did, because, you know, uh, YouTube Red may get me yet in, in the fact that, you know, if they keep putting out programs like this cartoon and, and, the, and the Cobra Kai series, then, uh, you know, I may be forced to eventually... Uh, you know, purchase the the platform because it just sounds freaking hilarious. Yep. Okay. Cool. All right. The final story we have for you in the TV section today and referenced in the intro of the show is that the doctor and Donna are once again together. Uh, as Deadline reports, Doctor Who fans rejoice David Tennant and Catherine Tate are set to be back on screen together in Americans, a new series developed by his Dark Materials producer, Bad Wolf, for Sky Television. So uh, this is going to be a scripted comedy drama written by Catherine Tate, who played Donna in Doctor Who. Uh, and also starred in NBC's The Office, and it will follow the the couple as they move to the United States. And that's really all the description they give. Uh, I can only surmise, based on the title, Americans, that they are in some way, shape, or form, you know, con men, you know, like a couple. Um, 
there was a series with Mini Driver and um, oh man, the British comedian um, dresses in women's clothing. Um, what's his name? Come on, you know who I'm talking about? Cake Eddie, or death? Eddie, Eddie Izzard. Izzard. Yeah. yeah, Eddie Izzards. Eddie Izzard and Mini Driver had a series that this, at least based on what I'm, you know, surmising in my head, this is about. That this kind of reminds me of. Uh, they had a show uh, called the The Riches, where they were like, you know, a family who is essentially con con men, um, and that's what I'm thinking. This may be something along those lines, uh, but it'll be, you know, David Tennant and Catherine Tate together again as like a couple on screen in some kind of comedy drama. Uh, that's and that's all that uh, has been announced, or that's all that's been released so far it's supposedly in uh, advanced production stages or advanced or advanced stages of development at sky one and uh, uh you know if we hear anything further you know we'll of course talk about it but this sounds really cool to me as well awesome uh anything with david Tennant? pretty much i will take for sure that man is a is a freaking global treasure as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. Well, and the the production company behind it is Bad Wolf Production. They are, of course, uh, uh, you know, yeah. the company was founded in 2015 by Jane Tranter and Julie Gardner, who were responsible for bringing Doctor Who back with Russell T. Davies in, you know, 2004. So, you know, two of the indiv- in, two of the individuals who helped bring Doctor Who back to life, uh, and, you know, formed this production company, and they are behind, you know, this team up once again. So, you know, I, I, you know, Donna wasn't, of course, my favorite companion by any means, but I didn't dislike her, and uh, and I thought she was pretty funny on The Office, if somewhat out of place, because it was at a time when The Office was really like winding down and had kind of jumped the shark, but. Uh, but, you know, she is talented and funny, and so, and I would love to see them, you know, in a comedy drama like that. Hell yeah. I'll definitely take a look at it. Why not? Okay. Uh, let's see here. Tech news. So, uh, this one eh, probably could have been a blurb, but, you know, uh, Google Drive is yeah we use it for our show notes uh anyone with an android phone pretty much guaranteed to use it for either photos or it takes email attachments uh, all this stuff but between google drive google photos gmail all the different things that google lets you store data on your drive storage is shared between all those services google gives you a lot uh, it's about 15 gigs, I think, nowadays that they give you for free, which is a lot of data, you know, for your average person anyway. They are rebranding Google Drive into Google One Cloud Storage. And uh, they're kind of simplifying the pricing model a little bit. Uh, it'll be the same basic thing. You know, no no big changes there. Uh, it's just a name change and a pricing change. So here's here's the new prices. Um, you know, you get the 15 gigs for free, but then you can get a hundred gigabytes for a dollar 99 per month. Um, that, that one is the same price as it used to be. However, they have added now a 200 gigabyte option for two ninety nine per month. 
which, by the way, is exactly on par with Apple's uh, 200 gigabyte iCloud drive. And then this is a real kicker. Used to, for $9.99 a month, you'd get one terabyte of storage. They have doubled that now. So you will, for $9.99 a month, get two terabytes of storage. That is an immense amount of online storage. I mean... Sounds impressive. Yeah. Two terabytes is just a hell of a lot of storage. Uh, This will be replacing all non-G Suite business Google Drive storage plans. So if you have Google Drive, it's going to be called, you know, Google One Cloud Storage from now on. Uh, If you're part of a G Suite business plan, that it'll stay the same. It'll be just Google Drive and, you know, your company's paying a different fee than the rest of us do. Um, So, yeah. You know, hey, I'm all for cloud storage becoming cheaper because it's kind of becoming synonymous. Um, matter of fact, I actually moved a lot of my personal storage. I still keep most of um, like the stuff I have to share on Google Drive because it's just faster and easier, especially live documents are easier on there for us for show notes. Uh, however, a lot of my online storage has moved to OneDrive because with my Office 365 subscription from all my Office apps, I pay $10 a month for that, and then I get a one terabyte OneDrive online storage that I can use. Uh, And that was just because I'm already paying for the Office apps. Why not get the OneDrive storage, too? Uh, The fact that this is $10 a month for two terabytes is damn exciting uh, because the Google Office apps are already free, and they're getting better every day. So... Google's looking to take a couple people's lunch. That's for sure. All right. Um, Sean, this is this is unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling this was going to affect some of the things that we just talked about in the last section. Yes, this is very this is very unfortunate for you. I wish you had told me you were thinking of getting YouTube red. Um, because I would have told you, get it now, get it now, don't wait. However, oh, no, let, let them screw themselves. Please. <clears throat> Yeah. Tell so, me how they're going to piss me off. <laughs> uh, YouTube Red is being rebranded. Uh, basically, it will now become YouTube Music, which has always kind of been a thing. It just wasn't you know, as big a thing as YouTube Red. Uh, and then YouTube Red, the name or the service, is going away, and it's going to be replaced by YouTube Premium. So this comes from Recode. Basically what we're talking about is you can get YouTube uh, Music Premium, okay, for $10 a month. That gives you ad-free music videos, listening, uh, downloading and listening in the background, and also just downloading the videos to watch without an internet connection for $10 a month. Uh, if you want YouTube Red style you know stuff where the regular videos don't have ads they play in the background you can download them for offline viewing and you get all the youtube red originals or what they're just calling youtube originals now if you want that you got to pay 12 dollars a month you get youtube music included but you got to pay the 12 dollars to get the whole kit and caboodle uh that's only two dollars more than youtube red was already so I don't know, I wouldn't call it necessarily a deal breaker, but it is unnecessarily complicated. 
You know, I mean, why not make it to where it's the opposite way? You know, charge ten, charge people ten dollars for the YouTube Premium, and then have the music be a two dollar add on. You know, it it seems very backwards to me that I have to have YouTube Music and then add on YouTube Premium. Yeah, yeah. But now this here's here's why I would have told you to run and subscribe. <clears throat> this is only for new customers. So anyone who had it before this changed, uh, which it already has changed as of this recording, uh, but if you had it before it changed, nothing is changing about what you get. You still have all the services you used to have. So for instance, someone like me who's an early adopter, Sean, you can learn from this example. <laughs> I'm learning nothing. You should. Listen this closely. This is just solidifying my beliefs. I subscribe to Google Music the day that it released to the public and uh it had a they had a special thing where early adopters you know i don't even think it was released yet i think it was still in beta when i subscribed but early adopters were given a discount to where instead of the ten dollars a month it was going to cost they only charge you eight for as long as your subscription is active so i got google music for eight dollars a month and at the time, it also came with YouTube Red and YouTube Music. So I'm getting all of this for $8 a month as long as I never canceled my subscription. <laughs> well, whoop-de-doo. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. This just this just makes me convinced I'm, you know, screw all these companies, you know? Like, I mean, why again? Like, I don't want anything but... This is the exact opposite of what we talked about in regards to television services. You know, we've always preached that the cable companies need to go like a la carte so I can just choose the channels I want and things like that. And then they go and pull some shit where it's like, oh, you, now you have to purchase this $10 <laughs> YouTube music. I don't want anything to do with your music videos. I know. Like, that's I what's weird. absolutely no interest in anything on YouTube whatsoever except for these two programs so far. And now I'm going to have to pay $12 a month to watch these two programs that we've discussed in several podcasts not gonna happen yeah see it it seems like i said it seems crazy backwards to me like i just don't get it or at least make it to where uh i don't know i don't know how to fix the problem because the thing is they're wanting youtube music to be the feature you know that's the thing i right. don't go I, who's going to youtube for music that's what i don't get I mean, sure. If I want to see a music video, I'll go to YouTube. But it's a video service. I, I have Google. I have YouTube Music. I've never freaking used the thing. You know, it, it, it's not where I go for music. I mean, I go to Google Music for that. Which YouTube Music is supposed to be replacing Google Music eventually. But I also have Spotify. If I want streaming music, I'm going to go to a streaming music service. I'm not going right. to go to YouTube. So I don't know what their play is with this. It's unnecessarily complicated, and it's going to turn a lot of people off uh, to the YouTube uh, premium. I got to start calling it that. So I don't know. I'm not not exactly happy with it, but it doesn't affect me. It's just I mean, kind of annoying. I mean, we started this podcast, and I was at 50-50, you know, like whether or not I should ever consider <laughs> this company. And then after talking about the uh, the the cartoon, I was like, oh, well, now I'm at like 55, 
45. <laughs> I, maybe I should. And then after you telling this story, well, now I'm the, it's at like 55, 45 the other way. Yeah. So <laughs> sucks for you, YouTube. I figured it would, I figured this would turn you off to it. And like I said, I, it's a bummer because I would have told you like you would have had to pay $10 a month. But you would have gotten Google Music, YouTube Premium, and YouTube Music all for $10 a month had you got in before this changed. Now, like I said, you get all the same stuff for $2 more. But, I mean, $2 is $2. That adds up quick, you know? So, I don't know. In a, in a world of streaming services, every dollar counts. Raising prices is not a good thing to do. All right, let's see here. So um, we'll move on from there to uh, Amazon has a kid-friendly Echo now. And it's more expensive. (laughs) It's kind of a pain in the ass. So it's more expensive because it does less things in order to make your kids safer? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Sounds about right. Um, basically, so it's a, it's an Echo Dot in a case that has what they call free time for her, I'm not gonna say her name, um, enabled by default. Free time is, uh, parental control mode for most, uh, Amazon devices. Um, it says you can activate on any Echo, Echo Dot, or Echo Plus, um, that's very interesting. I was unaware that you could activate that on there. And to be honest, I would probably just buy a regular Echo and activate it on there. I don't understand why I need a case. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, I mean, the big kicker here for me is, okay, so regular Echo Dot is $50 if it's not on sale. This is $80. difference for basically a case which you're not picking the stupid thing up and carrying it around anyway so who cares it's just a different it just makes it a different color I'll 3D print something for that Uh, and for a free time to be turned on when it arrives at your door that's a lazy ass reason to get it what is free time it's like I said it's parental control Okay. Basically, for and that's all it is. So it's just like a parental control in a case. It's no actual change to the programming or anything. You know, any actual changes to the device? No. I mean, basically, the free time allows it. Like, it'll tell uh, kid jokes when they ask for a joke. It'll play kid music. Um, it'll it'll try to teach them manners, like you know, please and thank you and stuff like that. Sure. Um, still. But yeah, still, it's. I, I don't understand. It's not, it's not an actual product. This, this isn't anything new at all. This is just like slapping a new label on it. You literally put a colored case on the thing, and it does nothing new. And like you said, you turned on a, an application that's already available on every other device. It, it doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's see here. So playing a game. Uh, this this comes from Mashable. This uh, uh this let me see who's who writes this. Uh, Pete Pakal, 
I hope I said that right, Pete. I'm sorry if I didn't. Not that you listen to this, but you know, <laughs> I always think that everybody listens to me. Uh, but he's writing about his experience. He actually bought this and was, uh, you know, letting his kids use it and kind of writing about what they were doing. Um, let's see here. Uh, you like a lot. It lets you play games, and they're all kid-appropriate games. So, like, the first one they mentioned was Lemonade Stand. Uh, with a few fake bucks to start, you make imaginary lemonade at the cost of 15 cents a glass and promote your business by buying signs as well. Uh, the weather and demand changes every day in the game. Pretty simple money management and profit gameplay. Um, I mean, it sounds really interesting, but... Man. I learned the same thing when I was a kid playing Dope Wars on the computer. <laughs> I remember Dope Wars. You remember Dope Wars? <laughs> it was the exact same thing. You yeah. just sold drugs. Holy cow, man. I remember I used places, to... Like the supply and demand yeah. was different in different cities. I used to supply... I used to buy lewds in Detroit <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and sell them in, in like New York for crazy amounts of money. And there'd be a run on some sort of drug. And you just you just make your ass and like money. You'd like, yeah, you'd occasionally <laughs> get caught by the cops and your stash would get confiscated and things like that. It was yeah. hilarious. Man. <laughs> we didn't need no child-protected device. That's crazy. Uh, let's see here. If you... Um, okay, so Free Time Unlimited is $3 per month um, on from, from Amazon. And let's see what we got here. Some featured skills that are available with Free Time Unlimited. Um, Batman's Heroic Adventures. Ben 10, it's hero time. Disney Stories. That might be cool, but you know, you could always just, I don't know, be a parent and read to your children. But <laughs> um, let's see. Ad-libs. Name that animal. No way that's true from Nickelodeon. Um, you and the Beanstalk. What? Um, this or that loud house challenge. Uh, so a lot of, a lot of interesting stuff. Um, yeah. Music for kids, um, character based alarms. Oh, that's kind of interesting. You can have, um, yeah, you could change the alarms for your, uh, your, your echo devices to be like from Disney. You can do Coco. Uh, let's see, from Coco, you got Miguel or Hector. Inside Out, you got Joy or Anger. Brave, you got Merida. Nickelodeon can be Patrick, SpongeBob, or Squidward. That might be interesting. I don't know how, how interesting, but yeah. Um, audible, t- this this is the big thing that I think people are going to, your kids are going to use. Um, it will read, uh, uh, there's just a shitload of books that are available via Audible that if you have the free time unlimited subscription, it'll just let you read at any time or let you play them at any time. Again, just read to your kids. But I'm, I mean, hey, if there is any technological service or advancement or whatever you want to call it that that I am just a shill for, it's Audible. It is Audible, yeah. So I mean, so I mean, okay. Do you need a separate kids edition Echo? Uh, no. no. Not even a little. Um, the case that it comes in, you can buy from Amazon. 
So, you know, why not just wait until a dot is on sale, you know, or buy a refurbished one for like 35 bucks. Just wait till the dot's on sale, really, because it's like $25. Just buy one for your kids, and they're not take, they're not picking it up. They're not taking it anywhere. The case doesn't matter. Uh, the dot's plenty loud enough for a single room. Uh, yeah, this is, I don't know, this is a waste of money. I mean, for someone who's just too lazy to flick a switch on the Amazon app, maybe, I guess. But uh, you need to reevaluate. <laughs> so, and it, when this first came out, I was like interested. I'm like, it's $80, but that's kind of cool. And then I realized, wait, I can do that on all the dots I already have. My daughter has a dot in her room. Why don't I just turn that on? Oh, well. So, yeah. Uh, let's see here. And on to more Echo news. <laughs> this is a very interesting story. This comes from Gizmodo. I think I read this one earlier this week. <laughs> All right. So let's see here. A husband and wife in Portland recently received a disturbing call from the man's employee. Unplug your Alexa device right now, said the voice on the line. You're being hacked. That would have been scary enough. But then... The thoughtful employee explained that they had recently received audio files containing a conversation between the couple. The employee actually sent them the files, and it was actually a recording of their conversation. Um, and this was not because they were being hacked. This is because of an unfortunate series of events. <laughs> and it just so happened to be a perfect storm, apparently. Uh, Amazon admitted this was an unlikely stream of events, so somehow their Echo had misinterpreted background, no- background noise as a wake word, so woke up. Um, then another sound is a command to send a message. And then another string of words as a command to send a recording of that message. Um, Amazon even claims that, that the Echo did say, con- said uh, the person's name and then write and question mark. Uh, the couple says that didn't happen. But... <sighs> You know, I mean, they, they could have been in the middle of a sentence and not paying attention. I mean, not, especially if it was an echo in another room, because I know if my, if one of my echo dots goes off in one end of my house, I'm not necessarily going to hear it, but it may still be able to hear me. So, I mean, that's possible. Um, <laughs> I don't know. What, what are your, what are your thoughts on this? Is this something you, you, you would worry about if you were me and had Echo Dots in every room of your home? Yeah, probably. I mean, that's kind of creepy. Yeah? You think? Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't want, like, random conversations I'm having in my house accidentally emailed to people I know. You know, that's that's uh, that's crazy. Uh, and there has to be, you know, some, somewhere. You know, this this is like a major roadblock I see in, in, in the smart home, you know, devices industry. You know, you need some some kind of way to prevent anything like this from ever happening. This is true. Um, Sean, uh, on a, a completely unrelated note, would you like to buy five Echoes? <laughs> no. I, kn- I know a guy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, it was only a matter of time before something like this happened. Really, uh, buying a home voice assistant, you're kind of signing away this little part of your privacy. I mean, you you hope that this never happens, but that it was always a chance. 
Uh, hopefully Amazon gets this nipped in the bud quickly, uh, fixes whatever problem they may have. Uh, I don't know. Tones down the sensitivity of the wake command, maybe. Or, you know, let us let us make our own wake command. You know, I mean, that would be nice. I know that's really, really, really hard to do. But it would be kind of cool. Because, hell, I'd really like to just walk into my house and say, Jarvis, turn on the lights. Because that would make me feel like Tony Stark, and that would be cool. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised that you can't pick your own wake word, uh, you know? No. Um, especially to prevent things like that happening. There should be something where, like, you know, not only do you prevent your, you know, pick your own wake word, but it almost has to, you know, something that prevents it from waking with anything but your voice even. You know, I don't know. Like, uh, there needs to be some kind of safeguards. Now, see, Google Home does uh, does recognize your voice from other people's it doesn't keep it from activating with other people's voice but if i say what's my calendar it knows my voice right and then tells me my calendar as opposed to whoever's calendar could be else in the house um so i mean they're part of the way there i don't know but you know hide your kids hide your wife hide your kids hide your wife they raping everybody And now time for movie news. Sean. Let's see. The first story on the docket I'm is... I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be sad about this. No, neither am I really. It could, <laughs> to be honest, this is one of those things that like, I have never seen any of these movies. They were good. Ever. They were good like the first two. <clears throat> After that, yeah, so, right downhill. What we're talking about here is the Transformers films, and uh, yeah, I've I've never seen any of the Transformers films. Number so, seven, yeah, and uh, so number six is what the is set to be released in December, and that is the Bumblebee movie. And uh, Paramount had slated Transformers Seven to be released in June of 2019. However, they recently announced that they will be pulling the plug on that film. It has been removed from uh, their release date schedule, uh, I guess, and uh, it is no more. And as far as we know, there are no plans for any other future, you know, uh, uh, Transformers movies in, in this in this series. So uh, the link in the show notes to the article on Collider uh, discusses how, you know, they've previously talked about how it's probably headed for a reboot and that, uh, you know, this is probably something that's been a long time coming, I guess, especially after, you know, what you said, that the fir- only the first couple movies were decent. So uh, if you were a fan, sorry, uh, this is sad news for you. And if you weren't like uh, Jesse or I, then uh, you probably don't, uh, don't care one way or the other. No shit's given on this side of the table. <laughs> All right. Let's see. The next story we have, we're going to Netflix for this one. Netflix has decided to open their wallet. They are uh, – He gets uh, and, fired from Transformers and moves over here. 
Right. Yeah, that, and that's kind of why I put them together because in that, in you know, uh, the the tie in here is that uh, you know Michael Bay helmed like what like the first five uh, Transformers movies. Then he didn't do the Bumblebee movie. They got somebody else to do that one, I believe. And uh, and and he made no uh, qualms about the fact that he was done with Transformers. You know, uh, I guess he feels he's too good for that. You know, he's or, or he destroyed enough of the United yeah, he's States. He's destroyed enough of the United States. He's done enough. Sweet Weeping camera scenes over robotic creatures that he needs to, uh, you know, focus his his sweeping camera lens on a on a new face, and that new face will be Ryan Reynolds, uh, because Michael Bay and Ryan Reynolds will be teaming up over at Netflix for Netflix's largest budget feature project yet. Uh, it is called Six Underground, and it is an action thriller uh, that stars Deadpool's Ryan Reynolds. And uh, they're saying that it's uh, around $150 million range and slated for a summer 2019 release date. So uh, this is like the, the second biggest – the second big budget production they've done behind uh, the, that, uh, that Will Smith movie bright which i thought was pretty cool but i enjoyed uh, it got crapped on by the critics yeah so screw them uh not not a whole lot of details from deadline or anything about what exactly this movie is other than it's you know what they call it a high testosterone mission movie um and that the i believe the uh deadpool screenwriters paul wernick and Rhett ret reese uh have developed the 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 project so you know the some of the guys from deadpool are behind it uh, along with michael bay um so we'll see you know not everything michael bay's done has been complete garbage no you know no so he's just a little predictable Right, right. A little formulaic. Yeah. Uh, so from Netflix, we are moving on to Lionsgate. And I'm not familiar with this comic book, but I thought this sounded like a pretty interesting uh, story. And I know you're a fan of John Wick, and this involves the John Wick director. Uh, and that is uh, Chad Stahelski. I guess, and Ryan Condal, the creator of USA's TV series Colony, uh, which I watched the first season of, I believe, which was not bad. Um, they will be adapting the sci-fi comic analog to film, and Lionsgate will be the uh, – Lionsgate, as they put it, was the winning bidder on this title, and uh, they will be uh, you know, releasing the film. Um, uh, this is from an image comic by Jerry Duggan and artist David O'Sullivan. Uh, Condal will pin the script while Stahelski will direct. Uh, let's see. Where is the description? Analog is set in the near future where the security of the internet has been rendered useless thanks to an event referred to as the Great Doxing. Out of those ashes, people turn to so-called ledger men, agents who carry sensitive secrets the old-fashioned way, with a briefcase handcuffed to one arm and a gun held in the other. So, uh, sounds pretty cool to me. Uh, the, yeah. uh, the, the guy who did the comic book was a longtime co-writer on Deadpool. I, you know, another tie-in here. 
So, um, you know, uh, Condal, it says, worked on the script for Rampage, the recent, you know, uh, Dwayne Johnson movie, uh, Dwayne Johnson movie. And he co-created Colony on USA. Uh, so uh, this, this sounds pretty interesting to me. This sounds like a movie I, I'd, I'd watch. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see who they cast. This sounds really, I, I like, I like the premise. Uh, I is, might have to pick is, up uh, the comic. Is doxing a thing? Like, yes. Is that, a, is that what's that? What is that? Uh, what is doxing? When, when you dox someone, you're basically gathering as much uh, information. personal information, like gotcha, full on personal information from the web as you can. We're talking social security number, car VIN number like all the way down to the nitty gritty and then you're just releasing it to the public. Right. Okay. So we're talking about the great doxing is obviously something, you know, like where basically where that happens to everyone. Where everybody's On personal information is just released. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Which is yeah, terrifying. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, but it sounds interesting. Uh, you know, I, I like the the high tech thriller kind of deal, you know, like that uh, where, you know, now the people have to resort to, you know, old fashioned uh, uh, techniques of of yeah. safeguarding their information and stuff like that. It sounds sounds kind of cool. It's almost like the transporter or something, you know. Hell Except yeah. you're just transporting, you know, a document. And as much as I love him, I don't think we need Jason Statham in this. Role. No, not who, at who all. do we? Who do you think? Just judging by that picture uh, that's in the show notes there. Oh, yeah. Who do you let think we pick up here? Let me bring it back up here. The guy yeah. who's on the cover of that ca- of that comic book. Yeah. Holding his holding the gun with his back to the tree. Uh, let me see. Just based on image alone, man. If he wasn't so old, I immediately would <sighs> want to say Bruce Campbell. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, he's just got the chin for it. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I feel like Jude Law was really cool in that movie where he um uh like uh you know transport not transported but like uh reclaimed people's organs uh oh okay yeah so um, i kind of i kind of yeah, repo man towards, yeah repo man so i kind of gravitate towards him okay. or i and maybe it's just because i feel like these are weird sci-fi movies along the same kind of genre but i also feel like uh that weird justin timberlake movie and i'm not End saying time. him yeah the one the one with about time where they all mm-hmm. had the time on their arms uh uh matt bomer the guy who was in the tv show suits and he was briefly he's the one who gave justin timberlake all the time at the beginning of the movie before he died um uh in in that film uh you know i could see matt bomer doing it uh that would be kind of cool uh okay. i don't know who do, you, who do you got um first person I, I, it's weird super weird but the first person that came to my mind Cillian Murphy. Okay. He that was jaw, also in that movie. man. He was also in that movie. Yeah, he was. He, he was, was the, the bad guy. Yeah. Uh, and then also, strange, another strange one, Zach Efron. No, I don't know. I'm, I'm liking him recently. Him I'd like to I mean, see him in a know. serious... A serious I don't something. know. I mean, I guess he was funny enough in like those movies with Seth Rogen. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I don't know about something like this. No, I mean, no. I would go more towards like you know Matt Damon. You know, like uh, it uh, depends on if they're going to keep him old, like they right. have him in this picture, or if they're going to you know go a younger guy with him because you know, I mean, if I they're going to keep him about older, the character in general to know like his backstory, yeah, you know, either. like how old we really need him to be or anything like that. You so. could do like a John Hamm. 
John, oh, that would be good. Yeah. That would be good. I like John Hamm, yeah. you know, and that's and then, and, you know, if it is funny because it is a comic book, you know, maybe if there's any comedy in it, John Hamm's always funny. I don't oh, yeah. Know. But he's also a very good, serious actor. Exactly. Never really seen him in a whole lot of like, you know, real action oriented stuff. Um, I bet he could do it, though. Sure. Sure. Hmm. OK, cool. Yeah. I will I will keep my eyes on this and check it out. I I'm going to mark this uh comic and try to pick it up to analog. Yeah. Yeah, that's something that like, you know, if me you know, I, I you know, every time we go to Wizard World and whatnot, you know, when we're just strolling around, I'm always I'm always looking for editions of Chew, you know. It's things oh, yeah. like this. You know, if I I need to make a list of like some of these oddball comics that we talk about on on episodes like this, like that one right there, like Analog, and you know, and the next time we're at a show, try to pick up some back issues or something like that, you know. I'm always looking for something interesting cuz I'm not, I'm just not like the mainstream, you know, like oh, I want to read you know, Batman or Superman or anything like it's only weird stuff like this that really interests me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. For mine, I got them both pulled up. I got to see which one's first. Okay. Uh, the Mickey Mouse. Okay. Mickey Mouse has been under copyright to Disney for a long, long time. Um, <laughs> so let's see here. Um, 87 years. 87 years. Uh, so copyright law used to be, I mean, it's it's basically, I forget exactly how many years it is after the uh, death of the creator, mm-hmm. uh, but I think it's 50. Um, let me see if it'll, yeah, copyright law of the United States. Um, let's see. Subject to a time limit, generally expire seventy years after the author's debt or death. death. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Death. It's, it's 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 Wikipedia. Um, little typo in there. So uh, yeah, so seventy years, and <laughs> what ends up happening is constantly uh, the copyright for Mickey Mouse gets extended by the United States government to Disney. Uh, every time it comes up and you know they're about to lose it uh let me find it here if they have the amount um copyright act of 1790 stipulated that creative works were entitled to up to 28 years of protection uh 14 years plus an additional renewal period of 14 years uh supposing the original hadn't died um, let's see here. This was followed by an 1831 act, which extended the copyright period to a max of 42 years and a 1909 act, which elongated that period again up to 56 years. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's messy. Uh, so let's see. Mickey Mouse was brought into the world ni- in 1928. Wow. Uh, under the 1909 copyright act. This entitled him to 56 years of protection under the law. No more. Um, so that meant his copyright was set to expire in 1984. Uh, so obviously, when this uh, when this started happening, uh, this comes from Prime uh, Pri- Priceonomics.com, I believe. Sorry if I said that wrong. Um, <clears throat> and they're saying here, uh, obviously, Disney was a little bit anxious when that started getting close 
because Mickey, it's Mickey fucking Mouse for God's sake, <laughs> you know that's their that's their shtick. Um, so they lobbied Congress, and they got uh, let's see here, I forget what the what it was called. Um, in 1976, just eight years prior to Mickey's expiration, Congress completely overhauled U.S. copyright law to conform with European standards. This new law expanded already published corporate uh, copyrights from 56 years to a maximum of 75 years. Um, all works published prior to 1922 immediately entered the public domain. All works published after 1922, including our Mickey Mouse, were entitled to the full 75 years of protection. So Mickey just was able to live on and copyright protected until 2003. Uh, obviously, Disney wasn't going to allow that either, and they still own the copyright, so you know they fixed it. <laughs> um, also, this is interesting. Mickey was set to expire in 2003. Pluto was set to expire in 2005. Goofy in 2007. And Donald Duck in 2009. Uh, they were collectively worth billions. So, in 1997, uh, Congress introduced the Copyright Term Extension Act, which proposed to extend copyright uh, corporate copyrights again, this time from 75 to 95 years. Um, let's see here. <laughs> Watchdog records show that Disney Political Action Committee, or PAC, paid out a total of $149,612 in direct campaign contributions to anyone considering the bill. Um, let's see here. From uh, of the bill's 25 sponsors, 19 received money from Disney CEO. Um yeah. So and then let's see here. On October 27th, 1998, his copyright was extended another 20 years to 2023. That's uh that's coming up pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lots of people obviously have protested this. Um, people are saying that it should be public domain, and you know we've we've carried on enough. It needs to be uh, it needs to be let go. And like one of the things that's inter- interesting here is um, a graph down at the bottom that says a selection of Disney films based on public domain works and how much they've made off of them. Uh, so that's that's interesting because obviously you know they're making money off the public domain. Why not let Mickey Mouse be public domain and you know still make money off of him? But then again, I do understand that their entire business is pretty much built on Mickey Mouse. So I I don't know what what is your take on all this? Should his um copyright should copyright law be amended to allow Mickey Mouse to stay uh still the property sole property of Disney? Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. Like, this is not something I've really thought about because, I mean, think about the implications, the ramifications here, you know, uh, outside of Mickey Mouse. Like, what was the year that he debuted? Uh, All the way back. What did they say it was? Um, 22 or something? Um, Yeah, Mickey Mouse debuted in 1928. 28. Okay, so my point here is that like if he debuted in 28, then you're getting dangerously close to like 
the point when people like Superman debuted. And so wouldn't it also put them, you know, like, does it work the same way? Like, maybe I don't know enough about copyright law, but like, wouldn't that mean that, you know, in a few years that DC could also lose the rights to Superman? I mean, I guess it's incredibly possible. Um, but you got to figure that, uh, they've been protected under these same exact laws. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if nothing has changed, then eventually wouldn't they also, you know, lose the rights to, uh, you know, to Superman and Batman and, and, yeah. and all these other characters. I would assume Cause so. that's, that's what I was thinking during your, your, you know, your, your, your article here, I was wondering, you know, okay, especially when you read like the lobbying dollar amounts and the fact that they gave $150,000 or whatever. And I was like, that is chump change. You know, I was like, that is nothing. So they can't be the only people who are out there lobbying for this. And I was just wondering like what other big people, you know, big companies might benefit from this kind of thing. And, and if, you know, I am just assuming all of this cause I don't know a lot about copyright law in general, but if they are all governed under the same rules and regulations, then, mm. you know, I can't imagine why DC or I guess Warner brothers, uh, you know, and Marvel and well, Disney is Marvel as well. So they probably have, yeah. you know, m- you know, much more in it than just, you know, Mickey mouse here. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, we're all dealing with, you know, they're still making ton hand cash hand over fist on, on, on characters that were created almost a century ago. So, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, I can, you know, I, I don't, I don't know the answer and I don't really know. I mean, I guess, I don't want to, I don't feel it's really fair to, you know, this company that's still, you know, they created this thing, you know, just because the company's been in existence for so long. I don't know if that's necessarily a reason for them to just not have to, you know, to get to have to be forced to give up ownership. I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. And, uh, here's now, here's an interesting little tidbit of information they, they cover in this. Um, so copyright, is from you know from creation to when the copyright law says that it expires after the uh, creator's death. Um, s- however, trademark per- can protect things that are in the public domain, and trademarks as long as they are renewed and the owner of the trademark protects them so if someone tries to encroach on your trademark you have to sue them or tell them to stop somehow you have to protect your trademark as long as you protect it and renew it if it is if something is as ingrained as mickey mouse is in disney trademark could protect it instead of copyright law however they would have to renew the trademark constantly and protect it. With copyright, they don't really have to do that. They don't have right. to protect it to keep it. They will, obviously, <clears throat> but they don't absolutely have to do that. With trademark, if you don't protect it and someone uses it, you know, you can your trademark can be taken away. Mm-hmm. So it's more complicated. But if we didn't renew uh, Disney's copyright on these characters, that would be a recourse for them. I, I like you. I don't know the answer. I don't know the logistics of it. I I don't I really don't know. I'm torn because Mickey 
is such an ingrained part of um you know of disney you think mickey you think disney you think disney you think mickey that's the way it works so i don't know i i don't think it's necessarily hurting anyone i mean who's going to use mickey that's <laughs> that's not disney i mean everyone would but it wouldn't be any good it would water it down you know yeah i mean and honestly i think it's more it would i mean it would probably be something more along the lines of uh outside the united states you know what i mean like you could see like disney worlds and disneylands pop up that aren't really mickey Mouse, you know that aren't disney you know they're you know off-brand characters that are essentially your i guess they could be called you know what i'm saying like they could just make these theme parks that and, and call it mickey mouse land right well, that's true. you know but uh i don't know theme parks i think have a different copyright law though or like a different trademarking licensing yeah you would deal think. but so that's probably a crappy example hmm. mm, sticky situation sticky sticky uh, another thing that's sticky makers of sesame street are suing the people behind the Happy Time Murders movie. Have you seen the previews for this movie? No, no, oh, I God. have not, but I did scroll past this article earlier. <laughs> you you got to watch the previews. Um, I got to say, I'm actually looking forward to it quite a bit. <laughs> it's basically... Uh, it's a rated R comedy with Muppets. Like, hand puppets. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, it's, this kind of thing is not brand new. You no, know. no, not at all. But it, it's it's very funny. You know, it's like what <clears throat> happens when the kids aren't there, or you know, it, right. it's, it's. I mean, there there are some really good one liners in the trailer. Uh, however, Sesame Street was kind of miffed because right in the beginning of the trailer, one of the terms that's used to promote the movie is "no Sesame, all street." Nice. They were not happy, so they're suing. Well, I believe there's also like a you know like a Henson family member who like made the movie and really uh, that I yeah. was not aware of. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, you know, there it, it's it's it just sounds like everybody's pissy. <laughs> yeah, well, and I part of it has to do with so uh, the Sesame Workshop is the nonprofit organization behind Sesame Street. Um, once they learn this was happening, they say that, um, let's see here, uh, they immediately contacted the film's distributor, distributor, STX Films, and requested they remove our name from the film's marketing. They declined to do so. Um, that, I mean, that would have been easy enough. You know, yeah, the Happy Time Murders is directed by Brian Henson. Oh, Jim Henson's yeah, son. it's right there at the bottom. I see that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I understand. I understand their apprehension. You know, the Sesame Workshop. I really do, because they are a family-oriented show, and you know, these. I mean, you know, these these Muppets look exactly. The puppets look exactly like you'd see I mean, any they're, character. They're Jim Henson puppets. Yeah, exactly. You know? So, I mean, it's like, eh, yeah, I could see where they'd be a little pissed. Um, but Jim Henson puppets are not exclusive to Sesame No, Street. they're not. Not at all. Uh, which is 
where I, it's like devil's advocate. I I side with Sesame Workshop and the fact that that could cause a misunderstanding. It's you know it's them protecting a something that they you know that is ingrained in their business. However, right. I also see STX Films' uh, point with you know I mean it's not exclusive. Number one, number two, we got a Henson on board, and you know number three, it's the way we market our movie. I don't know. Again, I don't know the answer, but I know both sides are, uh, I think, equally entitled. So I'm. I would not want to be the judge in that case. Put it that way, because you are either going to come off as uh, the man who, the man who tried to kill Sesame Street, <laughs> or, uh, or you know, just another corporate shill. I'm not sure. That movie, however, I'm totally looking forward to that. It's going to be awesome. All right. Let's see here. LOL. OMG. WTF. Was that? Uh, so, when you think of Play-Doh, Sean, it's the first thing you think of. Oh, man. It's got to be the smell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Play-Doh, number one, it's sixty year, more than 60 years old. By the way, that's pretty interesting. Owned by Hasbro. Um, they are now trademarking the smell of Play-Doh. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see. President of Global Marketing for Play-Doh, Jonathan Berkowitz, uh, says, The scent of Play-Doh compound has always been synonymous with childhood and fun. By officially trademarking the iconic scent, we are able to provide an invaluable point of connection between the brand and fans for years to come. So, Sean, when are you going to be rocking the Play-Doh cologne? <laughs> I would love to like it, like try a test thing at the mall. <laughs> this sounds fantastic. <laughs> you walk up, you find that you find a you find somebody on the street, and they're like, oh, "Smells like." It smells like childhood and or, and mommy and or daddy issues. It's described here as a sweet, slightly musky, vanilla-like fragrance with slight overtones of cherry and the natural smell of salted wheat-based dough. Wow. <laughs> that sounds great. It sounds delicious <laughs> is what it is. It sounds like a yummy cake. Damn, I don't have any Play-Doh in here. My daughter has gobs of Play-Doh. Why is there not one jar of Play-Doh in here? I share my office with her. I should have access to the Play-Doh as well. <sighs> Going to have to talk to my union representative about that. Um, I ch- Cherry? I don't know if I smell... Well, maybe. I mean, I'm sure they've hmm. added a little bit of, you know to make it a cologne, you know what I mean? It's not yeah. just Play-Doh, you know? That's what, that's uh, what, yeah. the Play-Doh is the wheat-based dough part of yeah. it. <clears throat> Clearly they added, like, you know, a vanilla, like some kind of basic formulaic cologne scent yeah. to make it smell less Play-Doh. like bread. Right. So yeah. instead of bread, it's like, you know, oh, like a cherry vanilla bread, you know, it's like a, you know, it's just trying to make Play-Doh scent a little fancier so you'd want to wear it, you know, like, <laughs> well, nobody wants to smell like they've just smeared themselves in pl- pure Play-Doh. Well, yeah. And, I mean, you know, the uh, they've just trademarked it as of right now. They're not coming out with a Play-Doh cologne, but give it time. <laughs> we'll have Play-Doh cologne, like Play-Doh like candles. A- 
Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like maybe yeah. like a candle, like a Play-Doh candle. I could do that. Hell like yeah. I saw at the grocery store the other day, they had like Skittles candles. And yep. I was like, ooh, like a, a candle to make my house smell like a Skittle. Yep. There's a company that makes um, new MacBook candles that smell <laughs> nice. like it smells when you open up a brand new MacBook. Right. And they make all kinds of like new car scent f- stuff, you know, candles, air fresheners, things like that. Hell yeah. Yeah, you could just do a plain old air freshener, you know, like a Febreze. You know, Febreze could license it. Do like Play-Doh scented Febreze. It's a damn fine time to be alive. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next. Flicks. Let's see here. We're going to be talking about movie releases from the 28th of May to the 8th of June. Scroll down my page here. That would be the 25th. There is oh, absolutely hold on. nothing. Before we even start, we should probably hash out the whole Keanu Reeves situation from last week. <laughs> did you listen? No, I did not listen <laughs> because I never listened to the podcast. Oh, However, man. I did get told by more than one individual <laughs> that you did find clips. Now, I was then told that, number one, there were only like two clips. <laughs> And that one of them was me just saying, meh. meh. Yeah, I threw that one in there because I, I figured I wanted more than one clip. And, and that was the only other Keanu Reeves movie we talked about. And the other one, I didn't really say bad about Keanu Reeves. It was just kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back at, at, like with the movie. It, uh, you know, I, like I, I said something like, when you got to him, I said, I'm done. You know, uh, <laughs> but I don't think I specifically, you know, said anything bad about him or his acting history or anything like that. But so. you did next a movie because of him, which was my original point. Right. But mm. not any movie would get next because of him in, 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 in that particular situation. It was either the, you know, the surrounding cast or the description of the movie already. In it addition was to him. Um, it was but, the title and his name. There. <laughs> That's all I got through because I, okay, I so said maybe I I might have even jumped the gun a little bit. <laughs> However, what going back on it, what was uh, the movie? The like, Neon Demon. It, what was it? The Neon Demon. What? <laughs> that doesn't sound like something good. <laughs> I I want to stand by my conclusion. <laughs> it was probably a pretty good next. I I don't think I read the the thing after I found the episode. It didn't sound like something that deserved to be read too well. <laughs> it was just the fact that I, I I remembered vividly that you nexted that, and it put the thought in my head that you hated Keanu Reeves. No, not at all. I mean, Point Break is one of the greatest like bro action movies in the world. I mean, you gotta love Point Break. <laughs> I like uh, that people told you. <laughs> Because I told him in the podcast, I said, the worst thing about this is Sean will never know that I'm right unless you guys tell him because he doesn't listen to the podcast. Yes, uh, I was. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. (laughs) So, uh, however, again, I feel like I'm justified also because I didn't I didn't uh, I didn't have some kind of vendetta against Keanu Reeves that you could prove (laughs) that you could prove. <laughs> I may not actually like hate him in my free time. Not like but... my vendetta against Angelina Jolie. Shit! Now I got to go back through the podcasts again. I got to look up all the Angelina Jolie movies. No, we never really talked about her. I've nexted every Angelina Jolie movie ever because I've never seen one of them. There's not that many of them anymore. Gone in sixty seconds is the only Angelina Jolie movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Really? 
Yep. I'm surprised you haven't even like accidentally seen Angelina Jolie. And I only accidentally uh, saw that one. Man. Uh, I didn't, you know, that was before I developed my unnatural hatred for her. Uh, but any movie prior to that, I also just haven't seen out of like random, circ- you know, happenstance. Yeah. Um, She's not one of my favorites. Even, uh, even what was the good one? The good sci-fi nerdy movie. She was in Hackers or whatever. Like I've never yeah, even seen I Hackers. I love that movie. It's very unrealistic, but I like it. Pieces of it, you know, because that's like one of those Channel Eleven type movies that they would show on the weekends or stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I, I can't recall ever actually sitting down and watching the whole movie, and I don't watch any of her stuff. I now, like Matthew so. Lillard in that movie. He's good. So. All right. Well, you know, it is what it is, Sean. All right. Let's just, see what do you got. What do you got for me this time? I'm tickled that someone told you. <laughs> I appreciate all of you so much. (laughs) All right, let's see here. First set, June 1st. This one I'm looking forward to. Uh, Action Point. Johnny Knoxville, Johnny Pemberton. Next. Uh, (laughs) No, I saw the trailer for this today. No, Uh, not even in the slightest. They do their own stunts. I don't give a crap. All right, fine. Damn it. Uh, okay. Upgrade. This also looks pretty interesting. Uh, Logan Marshall Green, Betty Gabriel, Simon Maiden, Benedict Hardy. The film centers on Gray Trace, a technophobe in a utopian near future when computers control nearly everything, from cars to crime surveillance who is paralyzed in a freak mugging. But when a billionaire technologist offers him an experimental paralysis cure, an implanted computer chip called STEM, Gray finds that the chip has a voice and mind of its own. I've seen this trailer. It looks very interesting. Okay. I mean, it reminds me of like the, uh, oh, I know there was at least one or two movies back in the 80s or 90s where like people got like transplants, you know, like, oh, I got the murderer's hands and now I murder people. Uh, I don't know if it goes that direction. Uh, That's what it reminds me of. Like one of the things I see in the trailer that looks really interesting is these guys are trying to mug him after he gets the implant and the chips tells him, you know, um, if you don't allow me to intervene, we're going to die. And he says, That's you know, cool. he says, take control. And then all of a sudden he like becomes this Kung Fu killing machine. Right. He all of a sudden he knows karate. Exactly. Right. Which is awesome. That sounds yeah, so fun. Cool. You know? So I, I'm looking forward to that one. Oh, uh, let's see here. Oh, you be. Um, <laughs> no, no way. That's not a thing. <laughs> Can't be. Okay. Um, best friends. Really? Okay. Um, Tommy Weissau, Greg Sestero. No, no, no director, no screenwriter, but we can probably figure it's Tommy Weissau. Um, volume two follows Sestero's drifter as he makes a run for it. He finds himself on an expedition across the Southwest where he encounters wild and crazy characters. Next. This Thank is you. A, is this just a sequel to that I think weird it's a dude's sequel weird to other room. movie? Yeah. To the what? Yeah, oh yeah, whatever. It's, uh, I want nothing to do with the whole weird cult it? following to that weird ass movie. I don't, yeah. 
best friends starring cult movie. This is so weird. <laughs> oh, Tommy, what are you doing? All right. Um, limited, limited, limited. No, thank you. So that's all for June first. Let's see what is available. June. 8th. So this is the last day we're going to be talking about here. Not a lot coming out. Alright. Oceans 8. Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, Anne Hathaway, Rihanna, Helena uh, Bonham Carter, Mindy Kaling. Debbie Ocean attempts to pull off the heist of the century at New York's star-studded annual Met Gala. Her first stop is to assemble the perfect crew. Uh, Lou, Nine Ball, uh, really? Nine ball? Uh, Amita, Constance, Rose, uh, Daphne, Kluger, and Tammy. Yeah. At least it was short. It sweet. looks funny. Um, I've, I, this is another one of those movie franchises, though, that it looks like something I would be interested in and that would be entertaining. Oh, she's but, Danny uh, Ocean's sister. Okay, right. That makes more well, she sense. Was in the other, yeah, she was in the other movies. Julia Roberts was. Uh, even I, That's the thing. Like I've never even seen those movies. I saw the yeah. first one. I think I might have seen parts of the second one. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Like they all look pretty funny and pretty interesting, and I've never seen any of them. And this one looks pretty cool too. Uh, but uh, I have not. Uh, I I say that I would watch it, but I feel like I don't want to watch this without watching any of the other ones, which just wouldn't be fair. Yeah, that doesn't seem pertinent. All right, Hereditary. Uh, Tony Collett, I think Gabriel Byrne, uh, Alex Wolf, Millie Shapiro, and Dowd. When Ellen, the matriarch of the Grand family, passes away, her daughter's family begins to unravel cryptic and increasingly terrifying secrets about their ancestry. The more they discover, the more they find themselves trying to outrun the sinister fate they seem to have inherited. Making his feature debut, writer-director... Next. Thank you. I, don't I hate when they do that crap. Yep, don't need that information. Meh, meh. This doesn't really sound like anything yeah, I really care about watching anyway. not sound interesting at all. This next one, however... I need to see. Hotel Artemis. Ah, yes. Jodie Foster, Dave Batista, Sterling K. Brown, Sophia Botella, Jeff Goldblum, Brian Tyree Henry, and of course, what's his name? Uh, the guy from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He's not oh. on he's not on there. That's why I'm Oh, blanking. I did not know there Charlie was Charlie Day. Guy. That's it. Okay, Charlie's in it. Yeah. yeah, Charlie Day. Ooh, I like the synopsis too. A nurse runs an underground hospital for Los Angeles' most sinister criminals and finds that one of her patients is actually there to assassinate another. Yeah, looks pretty cool. It looks awesome. <laughs> so, right on. Okay. And I this is limited, but I'm doing it because god damn it, we need it. In this world of ours, we freaking need it. Won't You Be My Neighbor is it's a like documentary. A documentary about Mr. Rogers? Yep. Okay, so, and if you Nexus, I will kick you straight in the taint. So prepare yourself, damn well, it. Well, they better not have written like poor copy. It's, well, it's not that long. I don't know if it's poor or not. I haven't pre-read. Takes an intimate look at America's favorite neighbor, Mr. Fred Rogers, a portrait of a, a, portrait of a man whom we all think we know. This documentary is an emotional and moving film that takes you beyond zip-up cardigans and the land of make-believe into the heart of a creative genius who inspired generations of children with compassion and limitless imagination. I need that. 
Yeah, I would watch it. I love documentaries. I love Mr. Rogers. Man. I would love to see a documentary like along the same lines. Like I would love to see a documentary about Bob Ross. Yeah, like, I don't. I don't know cool. why I don't like why there isn't something more. You know, and and there may be something out there, but like there needs to be something more mainstream. You know, I don't know why there's not you know a decent budget documentary about some of these guys. They seem like really cool, interesting fellas. Hell yeah! All right, that is uh, that is what we got. Show me what you got. Show us what you got. <laughs> oh, Sean, what the hell are you up to? Well, uh, last night I spent uh, the evening watching the four newest episodes, season two of The Toys That Made Us on Netflix. Uh, I think we just recently talked about this one only in the last, you know, maybe six months or so uh, when I watched season one on Netflix. And uh, season two came out last night and it is a documentary series and it is all about the toys that we grew up with. Uh, season two was another four episodes and they, the first episode was Star Trek. So it was all about the history of Star Trek toys and, uh, basically how, you know, they had their asses handed to them by Star Wars, their entire existence. Um, and, uh, episode two was, Barbie? uh, no bar that was in season one. Oh, uh, okay. You watched episode. Yeah, or season I watched ep- two. Yeah. I watched season uh, two Transformers. Yeah, episode two is Transformers. Uh, that was a really good one. Uh, there was the uh, best part of that one uh, was uh, the the one poor put upon guy at uh, at uh, the comic book. I think it was. I guess it was at Marvel. Um, who was forced to like create all the names and and storylines <clears throat> for all these characters that were because all the Transformers existed, you know, prior to what we know as Transformers. They were all toy lines in Japan, and the people at Hasbro just went over and like bought the rights to them and then brought them <laughs> back to the United States. And it was literally two different lines of toys, two separate lines of toys, and they slapped them all together and then just said, "This is what we're going to call them. We're going to call them the Transformers." And they wrote a whole Robots backstory, right? And they wrote the whole backstory about them being from an alien planet and all that kind of stuff. And there was this one guy who kind of just had it dumped on his desk, and they were like, "We need twenty six names and backstories for characters <laughs> by Tuesday," you know. And he's the one who came up with like Starscream and Bumblebee and like all the different names for the characters and stuff. So that was a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool one. This is Blendbot, um, and uh, his whole family was killed in the genocide <laughs> of his whole planet. So now when life hands him limits lemons, he blends that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Episode three was Lego. Uh, That was a really cool one. Uh, Just the history of Lego in general. Um, You know, they faced bankruptcy several times and, you know, to this day are now one of the, you know, one of the largest toy companies in the world. Um, you really should watch that episode. It's just so hilarious listening to the, one of the guys who works for Lego talk about the Lego system, you know, how everything needs to fit into the system. And, uh, and, and, and that's what makes Legos great. You know, a Lego that was produced in 1950 can be snapped into place with a Lego produced in 2018 and it should still fit exactly perfectly because everything fits in their system, you know, uh, and it was, it was, it was pretty cool. And uh, uh, finally, the last episode was on uh, Hello Kitty, which was, you know, a toy that I'm not familiar with. Number one, being a guy and number two, you know, 
much more popular in Japan than, you know, America. However, it is a worldwide phenomenon. And, uh, you know, I obviously know who Hello Kitty is and whatnot, but, uh, you know, knew nothing about the history of the character or the toy or anything or the toys. Uh, so, uh, you know, that uh, that rounded out the the season two. So, I mean, this is a ser- like I've really enjoyed this documentary series. I hope they keep making these things. You know, I, I hope they do a season three and, and just keep going because uh, I really enjoyed the Star Trek one. You know, they did Star Wars toys in the in the first season. And, uh, you know, obviously being a Star Trek guy, you know, I just uh, but, but the toy, the Star Trek toys were never as big as Star Wars toys, you know, and uh, and and kind of the point behind that episode is is, is a lot of of that you know why weren't they ever as big as star wars and and what failures led to that and uh, and it's it's pretty entertaining to hear the failures that led to you know star trek toys not being successful so awesome let me check that out and let's see friday night uh i finally caught up on yet another backlog of movies that i hadn't seen and i grabbed uh, the uh, last jedi star wars the last jedi out of the red box and watched that on friday night so hadn't seen that yet um i thought it was pretty cool i liked it i i didn't really have any complaints you know uh, uh the you could definitely tell you know i remember talking about this when it came out like you know you could definitely tell that you know it was a disney movie yeah like i felt like there was just an overabundance of puppets uh and and different alien creatures you know especially on the island that luke lived on you know it was just like luke and multiple different species of of creatures um but uh, it was cool. I, I, I did not expect uh, Yoda to show up at any point, so that his appearance was pretty cool. Spoilers for anybody who hasn't re- watched it already, but, you know, honestly, I thought I was the one late to the game, so sucks to be you at this point. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was, you know, it had some sad moments, uh, you know, it had some, some pretty cool moments. So I thought it was, I thought it was a good film. All right. I, I enjoyed it as well. So. Okay. Let's see. So for me, uh, I've been playing a new game on steam. It just came out of, uh, early access. I believe, I think it's version one now, I believe called the forest. Uh, open world survival game, kind of a crafting thing, but the graphics are like, you know, it's not Minecraft. It's, it's real good looking graphics. Um, basic story is you're a father in a plane with his son. The plane crashes. Uh, you wake up just long enough to see a man in a loincloth covered in blood, pick your son up and carry him away. And then you wake up and you're on an island uh, trying to survive with a group of malformed cannibals trying to kill you. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, it is kind of a horror survival game, first person. Uh, it is, honestly, I play with headphones at night a lot uh, because that's the easiest time for me to game, and it's goddamn terrifying. Because... <laughs> You're, you know, this it has weather, so like the wind will be right. blowing and the rain will be hitting, and it'll be in like a little freaking hut made of sticks and leaves on your first night, just trying to survive. And cannibals are like running in the woods, just cackling, and you're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get eaten. That's that they're gonna eat my scrot. That's what's gonna happen. 
and you kind of reserve you kind of come to terms with it <laughs> but it is um there's cave system that you can dive into that is honestly i haven't even dived that far into it because it's terrifying so if you're if you like horror survival games or if you just like survival games where you have to you know squeak out a living uh, among the trees and the leaves and the bugs and such uh give it a shot it's uh it's definitely very fun uh, then also I haven't, I had a hard time coming up with enough stuff to put in the, what the hell you've been up to because I've been so busy lately, lately that I, it's been work. That's been most of my, what am I up to? So I've, I downloaded the audiobook, the first two, there's three of them. Uh, the audiobook that was the inspiration for the movie or for the series altered carbon on Netflix, uh, they call them the Takashi Kovacs no- novels. So um, I got I downloaded two of them, and then the third one is in my wish list. I'll get that next month with my next Audible credit. Uh, I haven't listened to any of them yet, but you know if it's anything near what the uh, TV show was, I'm going to be hooked because the TV show is fantastic. I love the story, and it, I mean it sounds very close to the same story, so. We're, I'm hoping that it'll be that, but with you know the general extra information and extra story that a book gives you over uh, a TV show. So I will report back when I start listening to it. So that's uh, that's what we got. Uh, I don't have anything for you to do to sign off today, Sean. I'm just I'm a lazy ass. I just don't feel like it. Cool. So you know. Um, yeah that that's it let's just let's just roll let's roll the thing roll it chuck who was it who was our intern do you remember like at the very beginning of uh the the refresh the new eight days of geek we had an intern remember everything that happened it was his fault what was his name I have no idea. Are Damn you referencing it. like something we actually talked about? Yeah. At some point? Remember, every time something would go wrong, and every time we need a sound plate or whatever, we we called on the intern, and I forget what his name was. But from now on, it's Chuck because Chuck, I don't like you, I don't care about you, and I don't care what your name is. So whatever your name is, Chuck, play play the theme, play it, just just do it. Chuck, just finish all the work. You do the rest of it. I'm done. I'm through. I'll be in my trailer. If Chuck wasn't such a piece of shit, we might have remembered his name. <laughs>